It's time for the news from Back Home Magazine. Today's news is about living with less electricity. Most folks don't take the time to consider that we've only had electric power for the last hundred years or so. Before the turn of this century, going back to the beginnings of mankind, there's no record of any past civilization that ever used electricity on a significant scale. A few Middle Eastern archaeological discoveries have suggested the possibility of some form of primitive storage battery, which would lead to the theory that electric power might have been used for something, perhaps ceremonial. But there certainly isn't evidence of ancient light bulbs, motors, wiring, pop-up toasters, or similar technology that would suggest anything like what we have today. So living without electricity has actually been normal for mankind throughout history. Today's luxuries that we take for granted, like television, home heating, air conditioning, kitchen appliances, and so much more, all require lots of electric power to build and then even more to operate. Unfortunately, lost in this wonderful world of comfort, we often confuse what we want with what we need. For example, when the cold winter hits and the temperatures plummet, you need to stay warm or you'll freeze to death. You might want the convenience of an electric heat pump whole house system, but a basic wood-burning stove is all you need based on tens of thousands of years of experience. In the hot summer weather, you can see thousands of folks driving around with the windows up and air conditioning on because they want to stay cool and comfortable, while never even considering whether they needed to be driving around in the first place. There are loads of other examples every day where we confuse what we want with what we need, and it's this confusion that leads to the thinking that we need all the energy and electricity that we use. Now, there's nothing wrong with using electricity in and of itself but wasting it on things we don't need has created most of our problems with pollution and the environment. Fortunately, there are practical alternatives to the most wasteful uses of electricity. Instead of an electric stove, cook with gas. Instead of an electric hot water heater, use solar panels or gas. Instead of a huge electric freezer, Use a super-insulated, well-designed unit that can run off propane, 12-volt power, or regular home power. Instead of designing your new home to simply plug into the grid, design with the sun in mind to get some free winter heat, free indoor lighting, and even free air conditioning for most of the summer. Instead of having your exposed plumbing pipes wrapped with hundreds of watts of heating tape to keep them from bursting in the winter, super-insulate them or bury those lines to prevent freezing in all but the most sub-zero conditions. These approaches leave lots of electricity for things that really do need to operate with power, like computers, videos, stereos, communications, and just maybe... Most importantly, radio stations and CDs like the one you're listening to right now. More information about living with less electricity is available from Back Home Magazine at 800-992-2546 or 
on the web at backhomemagazine.com. The news from Back Home is produced in cooperation with WNCW Spindale, North Carolina, with support from AirCheck Incorporated on the web at radon.com. Back Home Magazine is published bi-monthly in North Carolina, south of Hendersonville, on West Blue Ridge Road, just east of the old Flat Rock. For all the folks back home, thanks for listening. And you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tresong. And wake up. Today is Friday, April 9th, the beginning of the end. No, I mean <laughs> um, spring. That's what I meant to say. Yes. Right? Yeah. So. The beginning of the end of winter, I suppose. Today has a couple of weird holidays. <laughs> Let's get to the holidays. As opposed to all the normal holidays we usually <laughs> mention. Jenkins Ear Day. Jenkins, uh, it was actually a two-year war between England and um, Spain huh. Yeah, in 1739 to 1741, and it was started by a Spanish person cutting off an English guy's ear. Oh, huh. He was, uh, anyway. Yeah. Huh. So... Um, I wonder if they got the ear back. <laughs> <laughs> National Cherish an Antique Day. That could be your father. <laughs> it's also Winston Churchill Day. Let's cherish that antique. Yes. <laughs> so uh, let's see. Coming up on Saturday tomorrow, we have uh, Baby Massage Day, uh, Commodore Perry Day, uh, just Pray No, Worldwide Weekend Prayer and Fasting. National Love Our Children Day, hopefully something we can do every day. National Siblings Day, uh, should call my brother and sister on National Siblings Day. <laughs> Salvation Army Founders Day. And the anniversary of the safety pin being patented. Huh. Um, Sunday is, let me see if the Jew can come out, Yom HaShonah, which is... Um, Israel's Holocaust Remembrance Day. Monday is Na- National Licorice Day mm-hmm. and Walk on Your Wild Side Day. Huh. You only get one day, so you better take advantage of it. It's Monday. And then, if you've walked on your wild side, the next day is Be Kind to Lawyers Day <laughs> because you might need them to get out of prison. Yes. <laughs> yep. Um, we just saw Paul from uh, Light on the Law. I think we were kind to him, weren't we? Yeah, I think so. We kicked him out of here really quickly. <laughs> um, Wednesday is International Moment of Laughter Day. <laughs> you get a moment of laughing on Wednesday. I think we'll give you more than one moment, but a moment at a time. Yeah. And it is very funny because that same day is the anniversary of Lincoln's assassination. Yes. So that's why you <laughs> laugh for just a moment that day. The rest of the day... You have You've to, got be to be somber. Very somber yeah. <laughs> you laugh for a moment, then you realize, oh, wait, it's the assassination. We've got to be somber. <laughs> and guess what? Next Thursday, that's right, next Thursday is tax day. Mm-hmm. It's also National That Sucks Day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Probably not a coincidence. Well, I think it's also National High Five Day. So if you're getting a uh, a refund, you do the high five. If you're not getting a refund, if you have to pay, it's that sucks day. No, I think if you get if you get your taxes in by that day, there should be just someone at the post office to give you a high five. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, high five. You know, and it's National Sucks Day. I guess you know that you have to do it. I yeah. Mean. So that's the holidays. Um, if you wanted something to make it in the holidays, you had to email it to us. <laughs> Otherwise, let's get into some happenings. Yes, happenings. We have the International Coffee Hour, uh, Fridays 3 to 5, including today, at the Northwest Annex Building B. You can mix with SIU students from all over the world and be a part of the international community. Rice and Spice Dinners. They've been becoming very successful. Um, today, Rice and Spice International Slow Food Dinner features Japanese with Hiroko and Melissa every Friday from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Gaia House Interface Center. Everybody is welcome. <laughs> Are you a buddy? Well, then you're welcome. <laughs> yes. Uh, so coming up uh, today from uh, 1 to 5 p.m. at the Kleinau Theater, uh, the Open Cinema Film Festival of short videos from Chiapas, Mexico, and Cuba uh, comes to the Kleinau Theater, which is located on the second floor of the communications building on the SIU campus. Uh, there's going to be two programs. The first one at 1 p.m. features films by Chiapas indigenous filmmakers documenting the struggle, struggle by campesinos and indigenous people for control over their water, Land and political autonomy. This is films by Chiapas indigenous filmmakers. Yes, that's wow. pretty exciting. I haven't seen any films yet by Chiapas indigenous filmmakers, so here's an opportunity. And that is from one to five p.m. at Kleinu, Kleinau, Kleinu yes. <laughs> Theater. So, um, uh, yes, and the the second one is uh, at three thirty. It's you know immediately following the other one. Uh, and it features videos from the community media project Television Serrano from the rural mountains of Cuba. It's going to be hosted by Alexandra Halkin, director of the Chiapas Media Project, which provides access to video and computer equipment to people in the indigenous movements. Nice. So exciting times. Did you make it to the farmer's market last week? No, I didn't. Last <laughs> week was the first farmer's market. This week is the second farmer's market, and every farmer's market gets six. subsequently, uh, they get bigger <laughs> yes. each week. Um, now is the time to get greens and, well, just actually come out of your hibernation and meet and see your friends and your community members at the farmer's market every Saturday from 8 until noon on the West town center or just well the west side of town yes <laughs> hence the name west town center <laughs> all right we also have the vigil for peace going on saturday from noon to 1 p.m on the corner of maine and illinois here in carbondale that's right by the town square pavilion so farmer's market vigil for peace and then i heard that there's um the coffee party did you hear that at one o'clock every saturday at Long Branch. Oh, they do the coffee party, too. Yeah, and it's, you know, there's the tea party. You've heard of them. <laughs> um, the coffee party, literally, they talk about anything, but there's no fighting. Or well, I don't know about no fighting, <laughs> but it's, um, the idea is to try to, you know, be civilized about it. You know? Yeah. Just 
Friendly oh. discussion. There you go. Talk about <laughs> anything. Um, Church Women United has reminded us that the secret to their success of their annual World Hunger Sale is you. That's right. They will be selling baked goods, plants, and auction items starting today at noon until 8 p.m. and then all day tomorrow with a live auction at 10 a.m. And all this is at the Newman Center today and tomorrow, and the whole sale is money going to a good cause, people um, and food banks in the area that need food. That's right. That could be you or me. Wait a second. Do you need food? (laughs) I think we all need food. Some people don't have food. So here's a chance to help people get food. Yes. So... Okay, so other happenings. Uh, we have one from the Guy House Interfaith Center here. Uh, sp- spring Groundskeeping Party coming up tomorrow, uh, April 10th. Spring has sprung. Let's have a party. <laughs> yes, spring has sprung. So let's do some ex- exciting partying and spring cleaning. <laughs> they Sprungulating? <laughs> sprungulating, yes. Uh, at 9.30 a.m. is when they get together and they'll be working for a while. Uh Spring has arrived in full force, and summer is already edging it out of the way. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. This Saturday, they'll be enjoying the beautiful, sunny, 70-degree weather and getting their hands dirty, cleaning the pond, mowing the grass, bringing their grounds back to life after a long winter. And planting a garden. <laughs> if you would like to have a chance to plant some seeds in the ground, here's your chance to do it at a community center with the community. Yes, and there will also be coffee, juice, and rolls in the morning, and even a a delicious lunch promised by Hugh. <laughs> so you can come and share in the fun. Many hands make light work. Yeah, and there'll be more food made if there is more people there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that is the Spring Groundskeeping Party at the Guy House Interface Center on South Illinois Avenue. Do you guys know where the Guy House Interface Center is? It's that funny building on the corner <laughs> of... Southern Illinois and Grand. Why is it funny? Because it is the center of the city. <laughs> yeah, it's the heart. So heart. Have you ever seen what a heart looks like? <laughs> it's funny looking. But it's But the it heart. makes things run. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a lot of happenings. Because it's spring, people are getting out and wanting to do things. They're getting excited. Um, Habitat for Humanity is starting work on their new house. Habitat for Humanity Day for um, Saturday tomorrow from 8 until noon at the worksite in Carbondale at 406 East Burke, B-U-R-K-E Street. Hmm. Building a house for someone who needs a house. Good times. Also, the uh, Shawnee National Forest Work Day. Um, they have registration. It's coming up on Sunday uh, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Registration and information, uh, you can just call the Shawnee Volunteer Corps at 618-687-1731, extension 125. Also this Sunday, which is April 11th, from 2 to 3.30 at Giant City Park, Giant City Sings of Spring. Come witness the awakening of spring at Giant City Park. There will be a moderate one-mile hike exploring nature as it comes alive before our eyes. A few field guides will be provided, and you are welcome to bring your own. Meet at the Giant City Visitor Center at 
2 p.m. Be sure to dress appropriate and please RSVP at 618-457-4836. The walk-ins are welcome. Um, hmm. Giant City Sings of Spring. <laughs> I actually said it right. So, the, All right. The forest is alive with the sounds of music. We, we do have one more happening uh, over here. And it's, it's, this is an exciting one, too. These are all exciting. This is from the Shawty Audubon chapter, the Illinois Audubon Society. The world according to John Muir. A lone voice from the past can be heard in the present at the next Shawnee Audubon chapter meeting. Uh, they invite the public to come to the woods at the Trail of Tears State Forest on Monday, April 12th at 7 p.m., where John Muir will emerge from a wilderness setting to present an evening of wild adventure tales, Gentle philosophical perspective. You, you said emerge from a wilderness setting. Wilderness. Yes. Well, first of all, yes, emerge from history. Yes. He's, he's been gone for a while now. Yeah, so, I mean, someone... His spirit is still on in the woods. Yeah, and, uh, we actually have, uh, you know, a reenactor. Yeah. Um, J- yeah, John, a, a John Chautauqua. Wallace. Have you heard of a Chautauqua? <laughs> That's where people actually literally study that person's life in such detail... That they, they go up and do a speech, but then people ask questions of that person, and that person knows that you know, huh. the person they're reenacting. Yeah. You know, like a Lincoln reenactor. They actually and, go up there and play the role. They channel the, the spirit of the person. Right. They, uh, <laughs> so this person is walking out of the woods and out of time yeah. to be John Muir. And All he's right. he's good at it too. I've seen him do this, and uh, he I really feel like he must be the reincarnation of John Muir, or he's just really done his homework. <laughs> All right. So for more information on that, you can call John at six one eight four five seven six three six seven, and that will go back in time, and you can talk to him directly. Just yes. When you call, say, "I'm trying to reach John Muir," <laughs> and he will probably go into character. Yes. <laughs> Did you know? It appears that when you get more money, you simply buy more stuff. Someone said that money can't buy you happiness. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it's true. Buying more stuff doesn't make you any happier. So, there. Psh. there a few years ago, I read a, gr- a pretty good book by Harvard social psychologist Dan Gilbert. It's titled... Stumbling on happiness, and it's mostly about the gap between what people think will make them happy and what actually does. It turns out that we aren't very good at all at predicting what will bring us happiness. This has implications for the environment, especially when it comes to why so many people fall into a pattern of overconsumption that leaves them not much happier, and often worse if it leads to chronic debt and a cluttered life. And so, what is this hedonic... Yeah, hedonic. <laughs> what does the hedonic treadmill concept mean for happiness in the environment? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. that's that's an interesting concept because I mean, you know, I, I would be considered in a way to be a hedonist because I believe in people pursuing pleasure, joy, happiness, but I don't think stuff gets you that. And I think you know people have a lot of ideas about what's going to get them happiness, and it's not always accurate. Well, I think I think you know having a little bit money so you can pay your bills. Yeah, that's important. Leads to less stress. Yeah, but you know, saying okay, I need a you know a house, a bigger house, or I need a car, or I well, or I need two cars, yeah, or <laughs> you know, I need a DVD player to make me happy. Yeah, um, it might fill you know time in your life, but I actually 
um, I think the greatest joy I have is when I don't have a car. When, <laughs> that's for me a vacation <laughs> is when I don't have to deal with a car. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, um, the average person spends a month and a half of their year earning enough money to pay for that car. And, you know, just regular upkeep and not, not gasoline, gasoline yeah. separate. Just the car itself. Right. And so imagine, well, if you didn't have the car, you'd have a month and a half a year or more free time. Huh. <laughs> um, I wish, I wish. Huh. One day. So let's see, what have we got left today? Um, got a lot, actually. Um, how about best software, AMEE Explorer? The Avoiding Mass Extinction Engine, also known as AMEE, has launched a beta version of its Explorer. You basically, you can search and you can find out the embodied energy and carbon footprint of products and materials. This is like geek them to the max. I yeah. just like, I was like salvating about this. <laughs> I was just like, you know, you can just go there and track the mission's data of anything and say, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so you can figure out what your carbon footprint of your home, your business, your, uh, pretty much anything um, it's available online at explore.amee.com so and it is just in the beta version so it's not easy to navigate but it's fun so yeah. find a lot of information <laughs> recently someone brought up that we need to ban plastic bags in the city <laughs> I was actually at a, gro- a grocery store I can't remember now where it was it was so shocking. The lady at the cash register said, she didn't say paper or plastic. She said, kill a tree or, um, I forgot the plastic now. <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> but it was just, it, it was so shocking what she said. It was like, kill a tree or burn up all the oil. <laughs> no, it was something even worse than that. I mean, it was like, kill a tree or kill a baby. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or fight a war for oil. <laughs> um, Plastic bag use plummets in Washington, D.C. after a five-cent tax on plastic bags instigated just this past January, which has proven to be a phenomenal impact. Plastic bags handed out by supermarket, etc., dropped from the 2009 monthly average of $22.5 million to just $3 million in January. Uh, yeah. In um, I was actually in San Francisco visiting when they implemented the tax there, and it was very controversial. But literally, the city figured out how much it costs to dispose of all the plastic bags and how much it costs to pay people to pick up all the plastic bags in the roads. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they were like, okay, well, it costs us this much every year, so we're going to tax that to get that money back. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's the reason why it was implemented. Yeah, so. that's a good plan, and... Looks like it's helped cut most of it out. Yeah. If Washington, D.C. can do it, they can't do anything. If Washington, D.C. can do it, I think little old Carbondale can ban the plastic bag. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about ban it, but tax it. Tax it. It gives people, you know, you know, it costs money to dispose of the plastic bag. So, anyway, there's a lot of trash floating around, and plastic bags are one of the biggest ones that you see when you do a cleanup. And the Keep Carbon Beautiful cleanup is coming up in a couple weeks. Yeah. So we also have in the news energy efforts. Despite difficult financial circumstances, the global solar industry added an additional capacity of 6.4 gigawatts in 2009. That's gigawatts. Yes. In a similar vein, the global wind industry grew wind capacity to 
158,000 megawatts just last year. Yes. And we also have the energy party pooper, uh, U.S. President Obama. Uh, he approved more offshore oil drilling along America's Atlantic coast. So we might see all of them increase, renewables and non-renewables. In timely news, on March 31st, the first pre-production plug-in hybrid Chevy Volt rolled off the assembly line in Detroit. Hmm. How shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Despite difficult financial circumstances, the global solar industry is on its road to doing better things, huh? Yeah. Hmm. Um, We do have an article about Obama. Obama's mountaintop removal crackdown could mean more than offshore drilling. Okay, so offshore drilling, auto efficiency standards, water heat deregulations, green jobs for strippers. There's a ton of stuff going on this week. But the big news is a lot brighter than yesterday's offshore drilling hubbub. Let's end this show with a good note. Yes, upbeat note. (laughs) Obama administration announced sweeping new regulations for mountaintop removal. Can I badmouth? You want to badmouth Starbucks first? Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. So we can end on a positive note. Yeah, Starbucks shareholders reject a recycling initiative. The idea that Starbucks seems to be the last jump on, the last one to jump onto the recycling bandwagon, uh, sort of blows our mind. <laughs> <laughs> so three billion of their paper coffee cups sold each year in the U.S. alone end up in the landfill. And the sheer volume has a huge impact. But according to the Seattle Times, there's still no action. Because last week, shareholders at the annual meeting voted against uh, the company's recycling initiative. So, I mean, that's crazy. I mean, well, I mean, it just goes to show that the, the profit motive overtakes any social or ecological uh, value. So another reason to not go to Starbucks. They do not recycle. Yeah, 11% of shareholders only were in favor of recycling. The rest weren't. Yep, so. All right, back to the good news. Offshore, (laughs) offshore. The big news is a lot brighter this week. The Obama administration announced sweeping new regulations for mountaintop removal, the coal mining method that tends to A, well, remove mountains, B, fill mountain valleys with rubble, and C, pollute waterways downstream. The new EPA regs focus on clean water, which limits the ability of mining companies to dump waste, well, anywhere they want, freely, Hmm. which puts the whole mountaintop removal method in jeopardy. So it's kind of a big deal. Both mining advocates and water and mountain defenders agree on this. Quote, it could be the end of an era, Luke Popovich of the National Mining Association told the Washington Post. He said that to limit valley fills, that to limit valley fills is, quote, detriment to saying the intent is to strictly limit coal mining in Appalachia. Mountaintop mining, by its very nature, destroys water. It, I hope it means the beginning of the end, said Joe Lovett of the Appalachia Center for the Economy and the Environment. For all the symbolic weight that offshore drilling carries, coal is America's real energy dilemma. It's cheaper than oil, dirtier than oil, and we have a lot of it. So the new protections are nothing to sniff at. That's right. They are protecting, instead of going directly after mountaintop removal, 
they're just going and saying you cannot pollute the water. Yeah. Which means they could still blow off the mountains, but they have to figure out a way to not blow the mountains off into the streams. Yeah. And then it gets really expensive for them to try to figure out what to do with it if they can't just push it in the water. I mean, that's what basically (laughs) they've been blowing it off the top of the mountain into the valley, into the stream. Yeah. And (laughs) then for, you know, for the next year, anytime it rains, the streams are black and full of water. So Yeah. So that's good news. You know, hopefully that will uh, check that process. Lots of trash in southern Illinois. But we've got the cleanup coming in two weeks, so that's pretty good. Um, If you would like to receive information about our show, please email info at yourcommunityspirit or... You could email me at treesong at treesong.org. This has been another exciting and informative half hour of Your Community Spirit. See you again on the radio next week. Get out. It's sunny.